I found out recently, and stop me if you knew this already, but apparently there is a quite extensive conspiracy theory uh, that one of the Beatles is actually dead. <laughs> that Paul Paul is dead and was replaced <laughs> by a lookalike in like the 60s or something. But isn't he ironically the only surviving one now? <laughs> Ringo's still alive. Oh yeah, but he's sort of transcended into another plane of existence since he did Thomas the Tank Engine. I he's kind Thomas's, of think of him as a yeah, yeah. He's the voice of the trains. I mean, if he is dead, the replacement Paul is doing a very convincing job <laughs> when he does like promotional tours for Paul McCartney's new music. What? So this is the bit. Apparently, he was he was replaced uh, before Sergeant Pepper came out. Right. And uh, uh, but he was replaced by like a professional Paul lookalike who was also a singer, who had some uh, some minimal work done, and adherents to this conspiracy theory referred to him as Paul. <laughs> well, if this is if this is true, fake Paul has actually produced more music than real Paul. So I'd argue that he is now the real Paul, <laughs> the real Paul, and the original Paul. He's the one who's got to play catch up. Well, this is getting quite heavily into the ontological nature of the Beatles. If listen, if you replace uh, all of the limbs of Paul McCartney one by one, is he still the original Paul? Welcome, listener, to the Electronic Wireless Show, uh, episode 146. This week is the best hub hubs, best hub areas in games <laughs> special. <laughs> this is Raw Paper Shotguns PC Gaming Podcast, and the only podcast you need, in my opinion, which is that of Alice Bell. And I am joined, excitingly, this week by Old Mother Hubbard. Hello. Do, would, uh, would you like anything from my cupboard? What's in your cupboard? I, I don't know. Let me ask. just open it up and I'll. Uh... Oh, just Renny's. Hang on, it's bare. Oh no. <gasps> oh no! What happened here? I did a big <laughs> shop yesterday. <laughs> what a well realised bit. <laughs> <laughs> I've been planning that for two weeks. <laughs> I I genuinely did not see that coming. Uh, sir. A little bit of character work. It's quite rare from me, but I thought I'd you know, try hard good. as we'd been away for a week. <laughs> and I'm also joined by Elron Hub Area. Author of SideQuest Netics. Very good. It's not a religion. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, we weren't here last week because I was... Uh, once again, in uh, my mother's home, in, uh, <laughs> in in deepest darkest Wiltshire, um, to just sort of sub in looking after her for a bit. But um, I do have some news that I wanted to share with you. That was very, I found it very funny. <laughs> um, 
Okay. So my little brother, and I don't know if anyone else will find this is a gamble. I don't know if anyone else will find it as funny. Um, so my little brother has joined the army and uh, it was his passing out parade. It's mm-hmm. fair to say I have mixed feelings about it, but we won't go into that now. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, as part of that, uh, the because obviously there are restrictions in place, so he can only have two guests. And uh, the army um, basically like set up a the, the army <laughs> uh, set up a, um, <laughs> a, a a streaming kind of um, situation. So you could join a Facebook group and then uh, watch a stream of the like several hours long parade uh which i i was you know does it need to be that long i don't think so anyway um i joined this facebook group and (laughs) um the stream didn't work so i was in a facebook group with like 600 really angry nans and uncles (laughs) at least it was a 600 angry army men well, uh, and they were furious, and the page was flooded with all these comments like, um, "What? Well, what would happen if if this happened when you were trying to call it air support?" <laughs> <laughs> my, <laughs> my my absolute favorite one was this woman commented saying, "Very disappointed. No communication. Nothing. Just left waiting, wondering." <laughs> it's crikey. If they can't press the button to live stream, what hope has this country got with our safety? <laughs> mm. Did you dare to drop an F in chat? <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't. Uh, you think it'd be quite a risky move broadcasting that kind of stuff on the internet? Because what happens if, if our enemies like use it to what you know size up our army? Well, listen, mm-hmm. I did think you know what I, I bet you know. Maybe the Chinese army is bang on point with its uh, its live streams, you know. Yeah, they do Maybe all their streaming right. with Mr. Beast off of YouTube. He funds uh, the Chinese army. That's... The Americans, the Americans live stream is is always just like perfect. Um, mm. It just made me laugh a lot. But my big brother said I wasn't allowed to make fun of anything. So. You see, I, I was hoping you were going to say because of like COVID. They couldn't have people blowing bugles at people, so they were just like miming it or something. <laughs> no, oh, they had the uh, they had the Purbright uh, army like band uh, playing "Don't Stop Believing." Oh, for two hours, <laughs> a brass cover. No, they did like army marching stuff right. as well, but they did you know inspirational pop hits of yesterday and today as well, which I was genuinely very upset at missing. <laughs> oh, wow. I- imagining it being a two-hour marathon of Don't Stop Believing is amazing. <laughs> like <laughs> one of those encores mind. that goes on and on and on, <laughs> and all of the soldiers just going, play Journey again! <laughs> <laughs> it was genuinely... It was like that. It was so good. Um <laughs> If I'm desperate to do the mouth bugle today, I'm really going to restrain myself. Okay. okay. I just want you to know that that struggle is going on in my mind. <laughs> but I just, it was, it was very, 
I felt like the old person because I was like, well, in the old days, you'd have to wait three weeks to get a letter saying, you know, didn't used to have live streams. What are you mm. complaining about? And, and you know, it was just, I found it all. I found the, the tenor of the anger very funny because they were all comparing it to like the, the army's military readiness. Mm. And then, and then they eventually put up the video and were like, "Sorry, there's a technical issue. We were concentrating on, you know, putting on a good parade for the the recruits passing out, etc." But they also said, like, due to the distasteful nature of some of the comments on this page, we are closing down interactions, which means that it is uh, possible to cyberbully the army uh, into closing comments, oh, which I think oh is. God. What hope have we got with with such snowflakes protecting us? Exactly. That's what I want to know. <laughs> We're My goodness. Uh, how how was your week? <laughs> well, after the the tale of the passing out with fury parade, I haven't really got much to. Um, I went on a uh, an old cargo vessel on an inland waterway and got sunburn. Oh, okay. That's a real banger of an anecdote, isn't it? A um, cargo boat. Yeah, was it not a way? A wherry. Um, oh, is this on the, the Norfolk that, Broads that you broke immediately? Yeah, well, I was blameless, needless to say. Yeah. Um, so there, there are these boats called wherries that, back at the end of the nineteenth century, used to plop up and down. Because Norfolk Broads, not massively wide uh, channels, apart from the Broads, which, as their name suggests, are rather broad. Um, so most of the boats on there are small. But they used to have these honking great sailing vessels called wherries, which could carry like... I mean, they're not like, you know, gargantuan. But they could carry 100 tons or so of cargo. And there's only a few left now. And one's been converted into a training boat. And um, it was my cousin's 50th. He loves boats, uh, so he hired it for the whole family for a weekend, and uh, we were just getting off to sail. Everyone was really pumped up because it's got a massive black sail and a huge mast that's like folded against the boat, and then there's like <laughs> a big like crank that you could imagine orcs using, which winches it up <laughs> to a vertical position. So you were rubbing your hands together. About it for the imminent orc captain role play. <laughs> well, right? Yeah, like, I really was. And my cousin, bless him, who knows me well, was just like, mate, do you want to do the cranking? <laughs> do I ever? Um, so I began to crank and there was just a horrible sound of the sail ripping in half because uh, it had been caught on a bolt. Oh, God. <sighs> and it was the captain's fault. Um who was a lovely man who looked like Captain Birdseye's older brother. And he had, it wasn't his fault, really. It's just an old boat, you know, there's a lot of bolts and things. But uh, we couldn't sail then. We were reduced to being pushed along by a tiny tug. Just, uh, so yeah. you have to share your holiday with this random captain? Yeah, and his two, like, minions. What, they're just, are they like, I'm. Do you ask them to sort of hide out of sight, or or do they actually like sit with your family and no, hang out? Chatted with yeah, I chatted with him loads. The captain was a really interesting bloke. He'd uh, he'd been involved in relief efforts in Croatia in 1993. Blimey! Mm. 
and had time to uh, create the finest fish fingers <laughs> on God's green earth. Wow. Uh, okay, well, an eventful time for Nate. Uh, Matthew. No, I, the, the only the only thing that's happened of any interest in the last couple of weeks was that they decided to cut the bushes back opposite our house, and so I got to see firsthand what a professional uh, traffic cone operation looks like. <laughs> so they decided to block off the parking area, and I was like, "There's a man whose job it is to drive around putting down parking suspension cl- cones." So actually, I look back on my stress around the scaffolding and think, "Well, this." guy's whole deal is just dealing with this yeah. and so n- no wonder i felt quite kind of stressed stepping into that role yeah so I, I feel i'm feeling a little bit better about myself to be honest oh that's good i'm glad mm. yeah and a nice kind of moment of affirmation for mm. old old mother hubbard <laughs> yeah <laughs> thank you imagine if she opened a cupboard and there was just a cone inside oh my god the conniptions would just a cone constitute bear, technically? Because there's not no. much you can do with it. No, okay. But it would it would be a quite a confusing nursery rhyme. People are like, she went to a cupboard and all there was was a traffic cone. <laughs> and everyone just has to deal with that. <laughs> you could do a real fake out with that rhyme. Old Mother Hubbard looked in her cupboard, but the cupboard was bare, full of chocolate digestives. As in, mm. one would say, bare objects um, mm. in London. I think that's that's a good version of it. Mm. Anyway, I'm done for the week. Enjoy the rest uh, of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. I'm going to take off. Uh, lovely. Well, uh, I'm trying to think of a segue. Uh, Old Mother Hubbard's home was something of a hub for <laughs> family. I don't know. <laughs> well, she didn't have a family. They all starved because of her cupboard search. But I do, Did they, I I do like where you're bit. going. No, that, that's the uh, unauthorized sequel by Stephen King. Because I know, I know, nursery rhymes are actually all really dark and like fairy stories, and you know, like in the original Little Mermaid, she throws herself into the sea and stuff. So, um, uh, crikey, maybe, mm. I, I, that's quite plausible that Old Mother Hubbard. She's not the one who eats increasingly large animals. Or no, that's that. No, that the old lady swallowed a fly. And that's the forbidden legend of Lorraine the Devourer. <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> I love that one as a child. <laughs> yes, Lorraine Kelly, of course. <laughs> yeah, why the hell not? Uh, all right, I I made an attempt at a segue, but it's I can't think of anything. Sorry, we're doing well, talk we're, about we're leaving this part of the po- of the podcast for another part of the podcast. Oh, very good. Okay, yeah, uh, and that we might return later, mm-hmm. uh, as one does with hubs in games there you go yeah (laughs) so yeah this week we're talking about and this was another suggestion that i cribbed from uh the discord um the best sort of hub areas or kind of bases i guess that you return to uh in video games which matthew you were quite enthused about when yeah i think that's just it that's probably because I I tie them in my head to a lot of Nintendo games. You know, annoyingly on this yeah. PC gaming podcast, I think some of the definitive hub worlds are in Nintendo games, like Peach's Castle and Mario 64. For people who don't know what a hub world is, I'm sure everyone does. But just in case, as an area which you explore, which then links you to the, the main levels of the game. 
Um, oh, okay, right. I have actually fundamentally misunderstood it. But that's fine. <laughs> what have you understood? Maybe, maybe there's other definitions that I'm not aware of. <laughs> no, that is the sensible one. Um, what? Okay, what now we... carry on. I'll, I'll think of new examples that make no, me no, sound no. like I'm hip I'm enough. I'm interested to see what you had. Yeah, I wanted to. I wanted to explore what was your definition. What I was going you... really, really specific. Like a. In fact, in retrospect, I'm really not sure why I decided this is what a hub level was. I decided it was like a single screen where you could look around 360 degrees to go to different parts of the game. Basically, like a glorified menu. I think that can be. It can be, but but, but that's not... That's a fool's definition. I'm not going to gloss over it. What examples were there? I was just going to say TIE Fighter. Right. I mean... It's quite a, a limiting definition, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, really, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I mean, a whole hour of chat out of that would have been impressive. <laughs> I was actually really anxious, yeah. I thought, <laughs> this is why I've been dragging out the bullshit even more than usual, because I, I didn't think I was going to have anything to bring to the table. But, uh, okay, but this, is, this, is a, this is a much more fruitful topic. <laughs> Good. Okay. Um, so, a lot. Of, we'll come back to you, Nate. Um, we'll cycle background. Um, what? Aside from Nintendo, are there any that that you want to talk about, Matthew? That are PC. Yeah. Do you think the summer camp in Psychonauts is a hub? Uh ooh, I guess yes. Because Psychonauts, the levels are what you do inside the heads with all the kind yeah. of collectibles. And the th- I would say it's a big hub because it's like five areas sort of connected unto itself, which is, which is, you know, pretty mammoth. But I think it still serves the role of hub. Yeah, yeah. I'd say maybe purists would would argue it you know the in the sandwich wars maybe the purists would would argue against you but i i i would take psychonauts yeah so yes the whispering rock psychic summer camp um this probably just on my mind because like you i replayed this recently mm. um and was just struck by how how fun that that area was because um, I guess it's less to do with the actual area itself, although it's a very nice, you know, visual style, but like all the different characters in it and the way there's just so much sort of bonus storytelling in it. Like when you're hanging out with all the other kids at the summer camp and the fact yeah. that you can kind of, uh, sort of, you know, show them different things in your inventory and they've all got like a bespoke reaction to it. Um, yeah, I was just really taken with sort of how, how playful that was. And it got me really, really excited for the, the second one, where I think mm. the hub is like the Psychonauts headquarters. Yeah. And it all looks very sort of James Bond basey, which is cool. And that's coming out quite soon as well. Yeah, as yeah August, I think. Yeah, about a month away. But that's a good hub. Cause I think it's a good hub, yeah. It gets you to, you know, it frames everything else. It all makes sense. Everyone's where they should be. But there's also like fun stuff to discover and collectibles in in that hub world. There's you know a reason to explore it, and the the powers you unlock open up new layers to it. That's all good hub stuff, I think. All good classic hub stuff. That's classic hub stuff. That's classic hub work. 
That's what I would have said if I was Tim Schafer and I was presented with that by the rest of my team. I'd be like, that is classic hub work you've done there. <laughs> oh, man. I'd love if, like, there was a big tech company that, that you were, you know, the Silicon Valley mastermind of. Oh, God. So Just would like, I. It'd be great. Think of all like, the money. Yeah, Apple's, like, uh, WWDC, but you come out in, your, in a black turtleneck. <laughs> Mm. And make so, that noise. Yeah. <laughs> oh, while you've been um, talking about that, I've come up with a well good one. Oh, nice. Right. Sprung to my mind like um, Pegasus from Zeus's Brow. Um, <laughs> this is an old one as well, actually, although it is, I think it's for like Amigas and things like that. So I, I guess we count that as PC, right? Yeah. Yeah. This was from uh, James Pond 2, Robocod. Oh. Uh, I don't know. Do you remember the James Pond games? Yeah, this is the Crispy Castle, right? Yeah. Wait, yeah, it's unforgettable. Hang on, this is real and not something Nate has made up. No, no, it's real. I had this on Mega Drive. Uh. <laughs> it really doesn't sound real. I was talking to some friends about this game a couple of months ago, and... They they got to a point where like, you can you can stop now. It's clear that this is one of your made up things. <laughs> so no 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 truly, and I had to send them screenshots. For those of you who aren't in the know, James Pond was a goldfish uh, who was a secret agent, and his main power, you know, as you would expect from a <laughs> franchise where the crossover themes are. <laughs> Fish and James Bond, his main power was to extend infinitely upwards. <laughs> and the, the second game just went completely out of control and decided to add to this mix that he now wasn't James Bond, uh, James Bond. he was Robocop. Uh, so he had a metal suit and he was called Robocod. Never mm. mind that a cod is taxonomically completely separate from a goldfish. We're like we're we're not in Kansas anymore with this guy. <laughs> and his mission was to save Santa's toy factory, just like RoboCop did. <laughs> yeah. And it, it was it was a fever dream of a game. Uh, and yeah. the screen was the outside of Santa's like enormous Gothic castle. Mm. And it, it had the most really annoying. Do you remember the level select sheets? Oh yeah, at the start you'd you'd zoom up and there were like five items like hanging in the air. And isn't it if you if the first letters of the item spell out cheat or something? Yeah, it was like a a clock, a hammer, <laughs> the earth, an <laughs> apple, and don't remember the teeth. Don't know telephone, tortoise, <laughs> terminator. Why not throw that in? But you just had to sort of stretch in the abyss to get to it. Yeah, it was, oh, I know, I'll just press the middle button and just <laughs> extend horribly into the sky, this cyborg fish just attenuating into was, a blizzard. The mechanic was that as he was extending, if an enemy touched his extending body, it would hurt you and you'd fall back down to earth. Yeah, so he you had could, very you, sensitive abs. <laughs> you could stretch as far as he wanted as long as nothing would, like, whack into yeah. your tummy. This sounds bananas. It's it's odd. It's a really you made it's a really... this game. We, let's do, we need to get in touch and do like an oral history <laughs> of James Bond. 
I'd be well up for that. It fascinates me. I just want to know what the design process is, was and how it was that all of the brainstorm ideas from the pitch became the to-do list for the game. <laughs> oh, my God. That's a good hub world, though. There was a a film on Netflix that I nearly watched. I think it was Netflix. It was one of the streaming services, and it was one of those like made for TV heartwarming Christmas things. But just the description sounded incredible because the description. Side note: Again, I would love to get a job. I, I would love to just for for my job to be writing the blurbs for streaming services because sometimes you can tell they've just had a day and they can't be bothered. Um, <laughs> Especially with comedians, because uh, with comedians, they'll clearly watch like 10 minutes of it, pick two uh, bits from it, and then cram them into the, uh, the blurb in, in a really unconnected way. So it'll be like, he may not be able to afford a suit, but he sure has opinions about fatherhood. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know the best one of those was, and it's a... Sh- a shame because the man is obviously disgraced, but it was um, uh, Bill Cosby in a film called Ghost Dad. Uh. And uh, the tagline was, he goes through window. No, he goes through walls. He goes through windows. He's going through a lot right now. <laughs> that, you know, fair play. That's great. That's pretty good. Um, uh but this thing on Netflix that I must I I must find and watch I, I think it was like um, you know whatever her name is Lorelai gets locked into a, um, a shopping mall like late at night when she's trying to get a last minute Christmas presents. Then a ghost turns up. Then she's rescued by a firefighter. But later the ghost comes back, and I was like, what? What? Big what I did on my holidays energy, that. Yeah. I was like, I have to watch and, this film. And then I went home and had a sleep. As, <laughs> Legolas as by Laura. Every Lange. child's story ends. Oh, oh. by Laura. Um, uh, so anyway, <laughs> James Bond aside, um, I'm going to quickly tick off one or possibly two uh, squares on the Electronic Wireless Show bingo card um, slash drinking game. Uh, which is to say that I think both Dishonored and the Dragon Age Inquisition have very good hub areas. Hmm. Um, in the original Dishonored, it's the Hound Pits pub, which is um, a really, really cool area. And uh, actually, um, a guy called Kian Mayer um, wrote a really good piece about uh, how it sort of ties into the history of like revolutionary pubs kind of thing. It's this really cool like warren of a building um uh that like you kind of get to know a bit and then later on it becomes a kind of level that you have to navigate as well and you just kind of get to know the whole area and i, I think it's it's very oh, cool like, yeah i finished dishonored a couple of weeks ago and it was really i actually found the ending very underwhelming um did you get the good ending or the bad ending i did the good boy ending and oh. it was a really anticlimactic final mission where you're just breaking into a fortress with no real yeah. local color and then it's just well done you did good everything went fine yeah but yeah the to me the hound pits return hound pits redux 
was the sort of the climax of the game. Cause it's yeah. really satisfying square in that circle. Yeah. Mm. Good. Let us know how you, I presume you will progress to uh, Dishonored 2 at some point. Yeah, so. actually, can you just um, give me a little refill on the old knowledge, Petrol? Do I want to um, do I want to do Captain Stabo and the um, what <laughs> the Witches of Eastwick? Um, oh, the DLC. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I would say it'd be useful. Yeah, it's good. just from a, a story point of view as well. Um, but two nice. is very good. Um, uh, Captain Stabo. Captain Stabo. It's definitely what it was called. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Inquisition, Dragon Age Inquisition has, oh, yeah. uh, first of all, Haven, the village that that gets like stomped, and you kind of think that's going to be your your hub uh, for waging war, and then they get blasted by an avalanche. So then you get a castle. You just get a big castle. A big, big ass castle. castle. Big ass castle with holes in the roof. Um, but you can, what I like about it is that uh, you can kind of change it over time. You can put your own decor in, you can put a throne in that's a big skull or like a big cool, you know. Fill out you, the wine cellar. Fill out the wine cellar, yeah. Uh, and then also over time, just as you kind of progress through the story and, and your war waging becomes successful, you see like repairs being done and stuff. Um, and you can sort of choose like what you want the tone of your Inquisition to be because you can change like, uh, you know, the kind of empty garden bit into like a nice garden of reflection or like a, a kind of, <sighs> you know, a herb garden for utility or whatever. So I I think it's very cool and I like Skyhold a lot. And you get to go around and see all your people's little areas where they um where they hang out. Uh, mm. so like Solus has a uh, a room where he's painting murals to represent like the journey you go on and stuff you do as well. That changes over time. Which is cool. I like it. I think it's good. It's, um, my my only problem with, with Skyhold and some of the other bioware like the I think the Normandy as well in in um, definitely in Mass Effect One is that um, like having to run laps of it to like meet or to catch up with the companions and make sure you're not missing any of the companion chat. Yeah, yeah. It's quite a big area, and like it it loses some of its magic when you're boiling it down to just like a, a really efficient sort of companion circuit of like what's the fastest way of getting because yeah. most people are in the main building but then you've got older iron ball he's like out in that is it like a pub yeah and then there's a the, uh, the, uh, I can't never remember his name the there's like a chap up on the battlements as well I think oh um, Cullen yeah Cullen's it's just a little bit like <laughs> Cullen's the one whose voice actor like LARPed a, a career destruction <laughs> For like forty-five minutes. Oh, was oh, that him? Yeah. <laughs> I'll link to this in the show notes as well. But Cullen's voice actor has become a basically uh, a, an extremely divorced MRA is sort of the vibe he's giving <laughs> off. Um, uh, and uh, he did like because Cullen is by far his most popular character. He did like a live stream in character as Cullen where he read like uh, a kind of manifesto in character as Cullen. 
event. <laughs> and it was called like the cancellation of Cullen Rutherford. And it's like, Cullenites, hear my call. Save Johnny oh. Depp and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it was so gruesome. It was so funny. <laughs> and, 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 and like all the comments, people making fun of him being like, why is Cullen talking about Johnny <laughs> that's so weird I, I, actually, I sometimes I was, I was thinking about this this week actually for, for, for other reasons about voice actors if when their voice is so distinctly tied to a character yeah like if that voice ever becomes kind of part of like copyright or like they're not allowed to just be that character because I was thinking about um him from the witcher because of playing something where uh, yeah. Doug Cockle voices Geralt, voices another character in this, and he it just sort of sounds a bit like Geralt again. <laughs> and you sort of think, is this RPG kind of trading on that? You know, like, is it is it actually kind of a bit cheeky to, to have this character who kind of looks and sounds so similar to another iconic fantasy character? And whether there is any kind of challenge in, in navigating those issues... But. I I don't think you can copyright someone's voice, can you? I no, I guess, uh, no, I don't I think guess... you, I don't think you can. But I I wonder how you fit. Like if 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 you like elevate a voice actor because they're tied to something absolutely massive, and then they kind of do that thing because it is their voice somewhere else. Yeah. I wonder if they're ever like ah come on, you know like I I guess if if someone if like Bioware made a game that was called like The Sorcerer and it starred. Doug Cockle as like Beryl. Gerald of <laughs> you know <laughs> then then they'd be like ah here but mm. I think I think the rest of the time we probably are right but there was a there was an implication that this um I think one of the producers who's now left implied that uh, a voice actor could get in trouble for representing himself uh as um that character that they play specifically right and saying like i'm cullen rutherford rutherford all lives matter <laughs> like right well that's yeah that's that's you know? that's yeah it's probably more important there than the scenario i was raising but like where you basically are that character and pretending to be that character out of yeah. context you're like I, I doubt nintendo would be happy if charles yeah. martinet started doing like mario all right speeches for example yeah i think they probably could get in trouble but it's it's probably like more trouble than it's worth like they technically could probably enforce it in some way but who can be bothered yeah. uh like like the how spirit versus the letter of the law yeah i'm not actually sure what that means but it sounds really distinguished well it's like how <laughs> you know technically every time we take a screenshot and put it in an article every time someone does a let's play that's technically enforceable under the DM, DMCR, DMCA even. Um, so, like, you could DMCA every YouTuber if if you're a developer. And I think who, one of the developers did for say they were going to do that for PewDiePie, for example. But then just nobody does because it's mutually beneficial to not do that. Mostly. Well, it's like if Mr. Beast broke into your house to leave $500 billion there, you probably wouldn't prosecute him. Have you been watching a lot of Mr. Beast recently? That's twice you've mentioned him today. No, I've been getting <laughs> furious about him. Like, just the concept of him. Um, <laughs> we, um, My Age of Empires group, we absolutely <laughs> balked a game 
And Alistair, who's one of the guys I play with, said uh, in the most withering tone, well, that was an epic Mr. Beast win. <laughs> and I was nearly sick. And just since then, I, I've just... <laughs> I just cannot not be aware of the man. I don't know what I watch to get him in my YouTube suggestions, but it's always kind of like, like Mr. Beast will let you, there was a video of him. uh, It was like anything you can put in this circle, he'll buy for you in a shop. So he drew, he drew a circle on the floor and then basically was encouraging people to put sort of boxes of um, sort of flat screen tellies and trying to sort of organize it like a Jenga tower. It's basically anything that was in there they'd keep. A bit like the um, Pizza Hut salad bowl. Um, but for, <laughs> I'd but open for ex- up like right move and find a mansion I wanted and then put yeah. my phone showing the listing in the circle. Eat that, Mr. Beast. Yeah. There is you something- can't outsmart the devil, Alice. <laughs> There's, there is something, something off about it. That said, if I were to encounter Mr. Beast on the streets of Bath, which is unlikely, and he and he was like showing any interest in me whatsoever, I'd probably go along with it because <laughs> there's a good chance I was going to make a lot of money. <laughs> oh yeah, I would definitely uh, have some of his Beast coins. I just, um... you know, go imagine. There's a lot of stuff where he's like. <laughs> Let me kick you up the arse and I'll give you a million dollars. And I'd be like, absolutely. <laughs> Go for it, my man. <laughs> In fact, I'd make that offer to him before he made it to me. I was like, do you want to kick me for money? What's the lowest amount of money you would accept from Mr. Beast? <laughs> for, a kick, for a kicking. For a kick up the bum. Uh, f- 50 quid? <laughs> That's when we like say up game. the bum. If I'm in town, I wasn't going to be able to buy a video game. And then in this very quick transaction, I could buy a video game. Yeah, I'd let him do it for 50 quid. Is he going to kick you right in the anus? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I don't know how like how precision it's going to be. I, I will say for the record, I don't think he's ever made this particular video. <laughs> <laughs> He he's, now, he's, though. He's tend to be just more openly generous rather than malicious. <laughs> so you've just invented a world wherein you would caper up to Mr. Beast like a, <laughs> yeah. like a sad jester. <laughs> it's how little I think of myself. <laughs> <laughs> that's the dream for you. Yeah, and he's like, he's like, he's like, my man, that's not what I do. <laughs> Please, please kick me, sir. Kick me for money. He's like, oh, no, I'm, I'm more of a nice prankster. I like, uh, like, I order a pizza and then I give the takeaway guy like a million pounds. <laughs> That's more my deal. I don't just kick people for money. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I know, but you could start. Like, I'm, I'm here and I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> now, so you want to hitch your starter, Logan Paul, if that's your deal? Oh yeah. I'd let I'd I'd get in the boxing room with him for money. Would you beast Mr. Beast for a if he what if he was like I'll give you a hundred pounds if you kick me? I I'd be very surprised if he did that. He's got no reason to. He's got every reason. I feel I should interject here and say that we've talked about four games in total so far. <laughs> That that's more than one each. <laughs> that's one and a third each. We've done cracking. And have you got any more? A uh, game of Mr. Beast. <laughs> I was uh, gonna, I was going to say uh, the Lego games. 
Oh, yeah. Because they started off as like, I think the first Lego Star Wars, it's like the cantina is the hub world. And you just have that and then through all the doors of the cantina or all the levels of the game. Yeah. And people kind of liked it. So then in the next game, it was like, well, here's the cantina and here's like a docking bay on the Death Star. And then they, it kind of grew from there to the point now where those games are like more hub than level. Like <laughs> the hub in the last Lego Marvel's Avengers was the entirety of New York, <laughs> which, is, which is kind of insane. <laughs> And there's like, a little, that's where you got carried away a bit. There's an unlockable little Mr. Beast's <laughs> minifig. Mm. <laughs> Actually, I, I'm going to go back to TIE Fighter because it was worth more than just saying TIE Fighter. Um, <laughs> that was the concourse it was called, and it was great because you... Um, it, it was like the bit on a Star Destroyer where uh, all the the lads getting their spaceships and there was like a training room and a briefing room and it was all um diegetic um diegetics that was the uh, the book of course by L Ron Hub area um, <laughs> but yeah yeah so that that was really good and like when you un- when you did well and unlocked the secret sith man a cupboard would open on the concourse and he'd just be standing there with his spooky purple tattoos so you could go and get secret missions from him. I like that. Mm. And then in um, Star Wars um, Squadrons, the, oh, the, yeah. the most recent uh, effort, what I really liked about that, because obviously that, you know, cashed in on quite a few little nods to TIE Fighter. And one of those was the hangar in between missions was kind of set out similarly, uh, only with, you know, you could chat to Squidman and stuff. I thought that was brilliant. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think if I, I feel like I shouldn't just contribute the two games that I always say. I did one of my examples I mentioned in our group text was um, XCOM, the um, the kind of base that you build in XCOM from where you launch your operations and where all you, mm. where all your little soldiers live. I think that's Quite cool. I like the idea of building your own hub world, kind of. Yeah, that's players, isn't it? And yeah. it's yeah, it's also got the spinning world. Like that is a whole meta layer of the game. Yeah. There you I go. really like the look of. Um, I did a preview thing a while ago for uh, Expeditions Rome, um, which is an RPG where you play as a Roman like war boss with all your lads on tour and your hub area in that moves with you in the main like regions you go to and it's your army camp and as you do well in the area and get like extra supplies for your army and stuff like new it's kind of like what you were talking about with like fixing the leaky roof on the castle and stuff like the camp gets more and more sophisticated with like you know maybe some baths and like a food area and stuff and because you're actually it's not like a management game really but you are having to you know role play the management of an entire legion on deployment uh and i I think that's going to be well from what i saw it looks really cool uh, because you can walk around and chat with your soldiers and they can be like 
Well, thanks for all the new pickled eggs, Master. Must have done. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Citation <laughs> needed. <laughs> uh, I, I was thinking of the 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 kind of areas that you return to in various Assassin's Creed games to kind of build up. Uh, yeah. Like in Valhalla, had your little kind of uh, village which you built out. But the the, the one I I quite liked and it didn't evolve too much was the train in assassin's creed syndicate where oh yeah because your base was just on a train that was constantly just running laps of of london so like to get to your base you had to kind of like wait for it or sort of see where it was on the map and then sprint over there and i like the idea of just trundling like this this, this two-carriage train full of guns just endlessly doing laps of london it was great because you could like when you had to leave it to go for a mission, you felt really cool because you would like just jump off this moving steam train. Mm. It was good. Every Assassin's Creed game has like one or two things in it that are really brilliant. Mm. Uh, and then they should just take all the best bits from every. So like, you're a Viking in in building a sort of, you know, early modern village. Uh, but it also has a steam train going around, it. and uh, yeah, I mean, who cares? Alien. I mean, couldn't couldn't they do that considering them weird alien matter plots? Yeah, exactly. Just smash them all together, do like the Crisis on Infinite well, that's Assassin's what, Creed. Uh, their new Assassin's Creed Infinity or whatever it's called will be. It'll just be like yeah. all history just colliding. I'd see. I'd be kind of more on board with that. I wrote an article about how it made me feel sad because it's like my my game's mum doesn't love me anymore because it's not marketed to me. They don't need me anymore. Oh, I know. Yeah. Um, uh, but before we run out of time, we should probably leave our hub world. Look, there's a door in the corner of our hub world. Have that... we have we collected enough stars to unlock it? Yeah, and I think oh. now we can go down into the cavern of lies. Hey. Oh, sorry, sorry. I just kind of, oh, I was the worst just thing. Really, so really the thing is, that. when I do the door sound and then you don't say it, I just sound like a massive. Pr- <laughs> you sound like a man doing a rubbish mouse impression. <laughs> it's a sound effect which, without the follow-up, it just it sounds so lame. <laughs> <laughs> like, What's wrong with that guy? And you're like, when I'm oh. cleaning windows. <laughs> There is a second pit. Oh god! Well, as a little treat for you, do you want to reverse roles today? And I'll, I'll do the creak, so I sound like the bell end, or you oh, have okay. the power to make me a bell end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. my! You stone cold. Git. Yeah, you're right. It does sound weird. Let's do, do it again. So I was actually oh, that wasn't intentional. I was grabbing a cup to make my voice sound more echoey. <laughs> you have no idea the alacrity with which I reach for a mug uh, every time I remember that that's what I have to do. <laughs> the cavern of lies. Ooh, that was good. He's brilliant. <laughs> He's amazing. <laughs> this is the exact moment Mr. Beast kicks him up the arse for 50 quid. <laughs> <laughs> ruining the moment. 
We here at Rock Paper Shotgun want to create the best PC games related content out there. I mean, we're doing a lot of that already, but you can help us continue to do that and also help us do a little more. All you have to do is grab an RPS subscription over at rockpapershotgun.com forward slash subscribe. You can support us at two different tiers. The standard subscription will give you an ad-free RPS, you'll get discounts on our merch, and you'll get a letter from the editor post every month month too. The premium tier subscription gives you all of those lovely things I just mentioned, plus some exclusive articles and podcasts, as well as some smashing new video games and in-game items. I don't want to say free because you're paying money for the subscription, but you know, it's a little something on top. So, if this sounds like something you'd be interested in, head on over to rockpapershotgun.com forward slash subscribe and give us your money please. You get good things in return, so it seems like a win-win for everyone involved. In anticipation of a transaction and because my mother reared me well, thank you very much. I must confess, I have never seen any of Mr. Beast's videos. I'm just aware of him as an entity, and I'm concerned that we're very unfairly maligning Mr. Beast. No, he's not. He, he just he, he just gives out loads and loads of money. That's all. He, that's his whole deal. Which on paper is just is kind of nice, but anyway, but they, it's really not. not. Oh, mate, yeah. Mr. Beast. You know what I'd find really hilarious if you're listening is if you bought me a house. Um, <laughs> anyway. That's the kind of video we're he just would trying do. to fend on, Mr. Beast. Oh, you're a total <laughs> wanker. Give us money. But that that is the kind of video he'd do. It's like these guys made fun of me and I gave them a million pounds. <laughs> okay, every week now we should just have a segment <laughs> where we make fun of Mr. Beast until he buys one or all of us many presents. <laughs> oh, really, really quickly, just because I'm I'm not gonna let this drop off. Uh trip to the London Aquarium with Mr. Beast. Go. Uh, oh. Ooh. It just by the the aquarium. I've, yeah. From what you've said, banging on glass wouldn't be his deal. He'd. Yeah. No, he'd get one of his like goonish mates <laughs> to like sit in the starfish tank for a week, and if he can do it, uh, he'd get like a million pounds. It'd be like, ah, oh, bro, my legs are starting to shrivel. <laughs> He just just hang two, on he, in there, buddy. He does give 200 <laughs> grand to a stingray. Wait, sorry. Does, <laughs> does Mr. Beast sound like... Yogi Bear, yes. <laughs> yeah, he does now. Okay. Anyway. So there we go. We're in the cavern. <laughs> We're in the cavern, in the cavern. I don't know if you've ever been to the uh, London uh, Cafe Serial Killers, which mm. is just lots of cereal uh served in room temperature milk at exorbitant prices. Oh, yeah, the kind of hipster cereal joint. Yeah. So it's sort of like that. It's just like big shells of cereal. Okay. Uh mm. floor to ceiling. And this is because I I was struggling last night to think of a theme. Uh and then I, and then I had a little a little snack bowl of uh crunchy nut before bed. And I was like, aha. So this week I'm gonna pour out five bowls of delicious video game uh, tie-in cereal in front of you. Oh. Uh, oh. And one of them is fake and is in fact poisoned. Oh, jeez. Poison so, Pete, you've done it again. <laughs> yeah, Poison <laughs> Pete. Um, so, and it, it's not a character, it's just me. I'm trying to kill you. Yeah. Uh, okay, okay. And, 
Uh, and so you have to identify which one is fake. Okay. And throw it out. Uh, so I'm going to go through the five bowls mm-hmm. for you. So first of all, we've got uh, Donkey Kong Jr. So it's from the 80s, so probably not good for you even if you do eat a bowl of it, to be honest. But um, uh, it's the follow-up uh, serial to what was alleged to be the first ever video game serial was Donkey Kong, which was just kind of like quite boring sort of barrel-shaped cereal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Donkey Kong Jr. was uh, fruit-flavoured slash, slash shaped cereal pieces. So it's a bit more colourful. Mm-hmm. You got sort of, it's the kind of, I think, from the picture, it's mostly sort of round cereals, you know, uh, uh, fruits. So it's like apples and cherries. Uh, oh, the right. coward's fruits. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And also easily mass manufactured. Uh, so that's Donkey Kong Jr., uh, and next we've got Pokemon, which is just it's just Pokemon cereal. Um, mm-hmm. It is uh, loops, sort of like it looks sort of like Honey Nut Loops, but it's got marshmallow pieces mm-hmm. in in the vague blobby shapes of Pikachu, Oddish, Poliwhirl, and Ditto. Okay, in in little blobs in there. Um, it like it. I should say, I don't know how many of these are actually available in the UK because in mm-hmm. this country and indeed a lot of Europe, we're not allowed to give our children sweets for breakfast. So, <laughs> so we can't just pour out bowls of marshmallows. More's the pity. I know, yeah. Um, but uh, so that's that. Um, then I've got Rice City, which actually was <laughs> no, not. Come on now. Well, this one wasn't commercially marketed i've eaten this one it was um a pr tat that they they sent out for uh sort of as part of packages for gta5 i think they because they rice city yeah well they did do you remember they did the beer pissfasser yeah and and stuff but they for it was when video gamer was still on um as like a, a core uh website for pr lists and we got a a, a little packet it, it was very i have to say disappointing it was just like rice krispies rice krispies themed around after gta vice city yeah it's because they i think mm. it's because um they used to like there were internet jokes about like um brand theft auto and stuff so right. they sent out a little they weren't big but they were yeah it was boring okay. mass produced you know the kind of rice krispies you get in um like Aldi, and they're called like Puff Rice-O's. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Um, then okay. I've got uh, Creeper Crunch, which are cinnamon flavored, sort of they're light loops, but they're cube shaped because uh, Minecraft, right? Yeah, and they have bright green marshmallow cubes in as well. They're quite mm. new, actually. They're from last year, but I think they're mm. doing more this year. Uh, so I believe that. Them, that's probably why, because they're so new. Because they're so new. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, uh, do you remember the last bowl here? Do you remember Neopets? Yeah. <laughs> I, go on, try this. <laughs> you, you, the website <laughs> where you made little, where you had little sort of animal pets. And then, and there were like microtransactions and stuff, and it was really popular in the two thousands. Uh, 
So this is Neopets Berry Crunch. Uh, and it's like tricks, but only in two flavors. So they're just sort of red and sort of purplish fruity berry mm. flavors. Uh, these were swiftly discontinued. Well, now. <laughs> and we've had them all, have we? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That last one has shaken me because I thought I knew the definite lie. But then let's not forget it's a common tactic in this to always have like an outrage outrider that turns out to be true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let me give you my... I've got a really solid case for why Rice City is a load of rubbish. Right. Because what... Presumably they're buying, you know, as Alice said, some sort of generic Rice Krispies... And then, like, rebadging them, you fool. So, uh, little Alan Partridge reference there. I'm not calling either of you fools. <laughs> that that presumes there is a company out... Because you do get, like, companies that make, like, generic goods, which can then be logoed by, you yeah. know, events companies and PR firms and stuff. I'm really struggling to think there's one that makes cereal specifically to be rebranded for PR stunts. Because, like, the storage is an issue. It's like food manufacture involves a lot of overheads <coughs> that you'd have to, you know, you couldn't just, uh, if you made already, like, key fobs or whatever, you couldn't just, like, oh, we'll, go, we'll make some cereal as well, add that to our product line. And the demand for it would be tiny because it would, like, in that case, the Rice City pun was there. Yeah, but it wasn't. I, there wasn't demand for it. They made it as like a little thing, like they did beer before for like three or four, I think. Oh yeah, but I can imagine there being a company doing like generic beer mm. for rebranding, but I just can't see enough companies wanting to do cereal-related stunts because well, it is, let's face it, a rubbish concept. But it is like, rock, it's like, like rocks. It's like rock stuff can basically pay any amount of money to do anything so yeah but it's not cost effective to, to uh, you know yeah, go it's to not, but it's about the gimmick isn't it yeah they also know. sent out like massive like meter long purple dildos that were the size was, of baseball bats yeah but they oh, you yeah. know i hate to oh, inform those you are the same they are games. manufactured on the reg <laughs> like i don't know if ones that big are you didn't see uh, them. Were they? Were they? Were they gigantus? They were. They. Okay. They were not fit for human use. <laughs> <laughs> By any measure. Well, you might have one as a, you know, as a sort of an intimidating prop. Mm. You know, you get I'm arrested tra- if you just carried that through the streets. Honestly, I believe in that more than I believe in a manufacturer of. Unbranded, oversized dildos. Um, than I do in in a manufacturer of rebrandable rice cereal. I, I don't I don't know what where they got the rice cereal from. I don't know the specifics of it. Same firm I imagine that made it, the dildos. Yeah, I For imagine me, it it wasn't like a uh, they weren't weighing up the like cost benefit of it. The cost benefit was a bunch of like YouTubers or Instagrammers or whatever would share a picture of them eating some delicious GTA hilarious mm. 
Rice Krispies. Sounds like an epic Mr. Beast win to me. I, 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 the one I've got my doubts about is Creeper Crunch. That's, that sounds like Alice trying to make up a cereal from Minecraft, which sounds like a sensible idea, but I just wonder in this day and age of like the anti-sugar brigade if um, Microsoft would, would um, sign up for an incredibly candy-like cereal. This doesn't feel very like Minecraft to me. Well, does, does it have sweets well, in it, Alice? It does, yeah. It has a lot of very brightly coloured uh, green. green cubes. Green is obviously inedible colour or a colour people don't want to eat. Oh. Is it? I uh, think. Uh, I mean, I think it sounds nice. It's cinnamon flavoured. I love. Oh, actually, cereal. no, that's bollocks because we eat lettuce and broccoli. I think i out of my ass. Um, <laughs> From whence Mr. Beast kicked it. It's <laughs> why. Yeah. He kicked an opinion right up my bum and now I'm yeah. wrong. <laughs> the opinion that we aren't drawn to green things, where actually green is, is famously safe and go. <laughs> I'm going to kick your ass so hard you believe incorrect facts about food. <laughs> if that's not worth 50 quid, I don't know what is. So... Yeah, okay, Creeper Crunch sounded really compelling to me. Like, I think that would sell to be at TBQH. What surprises me, like, the, I think the chink in the armor here is last year, because I think we are past peak Minecraft by some way. Mm. This, is a, this is a real... I'm surprised you haven't had gone in on Neopets, but... Uh... Well, no, that is the one that just seems preposterous. So we, I think we can safely assume it's true. Oh, yeah. well, it's definitely true. <laughs> the Nintendo cereals are definitely <laughs> true. Oh, I shouldn't have got... I knew Matthew's too much of a Nintendo fanboy to not know... The, yeah, old Nintendo well, day, day, day and date I, I, Nintendo cereal. I don't, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know in that detail, but they, they just sound too legit. Um, Listen... I'm I'm gonna take a big old wait, no, what am I not taking a spoonful of? I'm it's taking it... a big spoonful of everything except creeper crunch. Okay, so you're going with creeper crunch. Nate. I'm gonna wolf down the rest of every box. Um including the creeper crunch, and I'm but I'm not gonna touch Aha Rice City. <laughs> Oh, I think I'm wrong now, but I'm just going to stick with it out of courage. <laughs> okay. Well, one of you is safe when the other starts frothing at the mouth and choking and collapses to the floor because I'm afraid, Matthew, it was Rice City was the face. Oh, no. <laughs> I can't believe it. <laughs> My 10 years as a business journalist wins again. Oh, I can't believe it. That sounded so legit. Uh, sorry. I, I struggled. They, I now, now you say it, why would they send a Vice City product for GTA 5? doesn't make any sense. Yeah, oh, yeah. I really, I was I'm surprised oh, that, God. that I, I took you. I deserve to be in. poisoned. Yeah. Soz, you're dead. That was a really good cavern. I struggled this week. I came up with the concept and then I looked up and I was like, oh, they haven't really been that many serious. <laughs> I thought the Neopets one would have you though, because who'd make a Neopets cereal? 
Uh, yeah, actually, can we just briefly revisit the fact that's real? Yeah. Weird, uh, isn't so it? What? Yeah, I don't have the year. I could probably find it if I looked into it more, but it was called uh, Island Crunch. Or oh, sorry, Neopets Island Berry Crunch. And it is described as being like tricks, but only two flavors. And they were like in-world berries. And they put in like codes so you could get stuff to unlock in, in Neopets and things. Bloody wonderful. But it, it only lasted about a year, I think. Bet there's some yeah. going for a fortune on eBay. No, apparently the original boxes of Pokemon, because the Pokemon cereal is still going, but you can find original boxes of it from when it first came out for like $50. What a markup. Anyway, can you drag this dead body? Out, yeah, out I'll my... take, take Matthew to the resurrection uh, tumble dryer. Thanks. <laughs> Well, thank you for eating my cereal. <laughs> it was a pleasure apart from for Matthew. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is what comes of being desperate, Mother Hubbard, with a bare cupboard. That's what it is. It's too Bad hungry. Badass oh. Mother Hubbard. I just ate a load of poison. <laughs> <laughs> just quickly before we do recommendations, can I ask both of you, out of curiosity, what, and you don't need to justify, just say what your ideal video game serial license would be i oh god i don't know you don't have to come up with a um like a fun pun name or anything just give me a, a sort of a genre of serial and um and a game well i like uh, my favorite serial would either be crunchy nut cornflakes or wheatos and i think you could do something with a wheato some sort of chocolatey mm. nonsense i don't know you've thrown me now i wasn't prepared I tell you what, then, let's use this as our opener next week. Okay. We each have 30 seconds to pitch <laughs> the perfect game cereal. Okay. Do you know what surprised me when I was looking it up? Sonic didn't get a cereal, despite Rings being a key component really? of his game. Yeah. You kidding? They yeah, really missed the boat. Anyway, uh, now that we come to the end of the show, it is uh, time for us to do our recommendations, because each week we recommend something that is not a video game. Uh Matthew, what are you recommending this week? I am recommending a subscription to Ellery Queen Mystery Magazine, um, which is a collection of short stories. Uh, I think it gets made every couple of months. Catherine got me a subscription for Christmas, and it's always a delight when it turns up because it's just it's printed on that kind of really nasty kind of puzzle book uh, toilet paper. It's very kind of like pulpy. It feels like a nice pulpy thing. and the stories are always of mixed quality, but the joy of it is because they're short. You know, you get like the mystery and the reveal quite fast. So if it doesn't work, it doesn't feel like you're too upset. If it does work, it's an added bonus. Um, I just finished one where it turned out uh, a load of raccoons stole a car. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, make of that what you will. <laughs> All right. That sounds excellent. Thank you very much. Um I am going to recommend uh, a book that I just finished. It came out last year, I want to say. Um, and it's called uh, Mexican Gothic by Silvia Moreno-Garcia. And it's set in, I think, sort of the 50s. Um, it's post-war, anyway, in Mexico. And this sort of debutante socialite uh, from Mexico City is sent by her father 
uh, to check on her cousin because her cousin's recently married um, a kind of weirdo Englishman called Doyle, whose uh, father um, moved them, like moved to Mexico, and then built a big Victorian English manor in like the Mexican countryside, and even imported like dirt and stuff from England, uh, and didn't teach any of his children Spanish and stuff. Um, and her cousins in this house and like sent them a letter saying they're trying to poison me. I'm seeing ghosts and stuff. And then she turns up and the family are like, no, everything is fine. Um, so it's very creepy and good and kind of, uh, yeah, really enjoyable. And once you're about halfway through it, I would also recommend uh, a book called Entangled, Entangled Lives or Entangled World by um, a guy called Melvin Sheldrake, which is really, really, really interesting and weird book about um fun fungi and how funguses and lichen and uh mushrooms and stuff are a huge part of our world and uh it's really weird and kind of almost like one of those i read this book while high and now i don't know who i am sort of things like I've I've read it and I'm sort of like oh my god everything is mushrooms even the rain the rain is mushrooms I am a mushroom um so it's very very good and definitely recommend that uh Nate what have you got ah well week? I've actually got something haven't I I uh I learned how to read again um Ooh. I hadn't been able to for ages and then I think it's just like a summer thing I think I'm a summer reading boy uh and Appropriately enough, I'm going back to read the sequel to a book I read last summer and I recommended on this podcast. Um, it's called um, How to Rule an Empire and Get Away with It. And it is the sequel to 16 Ways to Defend a Walled City, both yeah. by C.J. Parker. And it's really good. It's a, a Roman low fantasy so it's like a fancy world. There's no magic or anything, and there's a country that's blatantly Rome, but it's not, <laughs> so that it doesn't have to obey history, okay. which I think is... I love settings like that. And the main character is uh, a guy who does political impersonations um, and lives in a city under siege, and when the general in charge of the city has a die, because he's mm. hit by a trebuchet shot... This uh, impersonator is abducted by a triumvirate of panicking politicians uh, and impersonates the general. And it's very good, very funny, um, very tense. Lovely stuff. Nice. Any vehicles get stolen by raccoons? Uh, no, but there's a bit where uh, a, a character called uh, Consul Bastus swaggers into town. Gives really? everyone a uh, hundred denarii in exchange for kicks up the ass. <laughs> oh, right, I see. I was just going to say, wow, this really does sound like your kind of book. <laughs> <laughs> and another epic Mr. Beast win. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, I look forward to the uh, continuation of our Make Fun of Mr. I'm going to watch a Mr. Beast video after this because I... I sentence you to watch three before next week. Okay. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, thank you very much, listener, for listening to this episode 146 of the Electronic Wireless Show uh, podcast. My name's Alex. And this has been Rock Paper Shotgun's PC Gaming Podcast, uh, the only podcast 
you need, in my opinion. Uh, remember to look us up on social media, uh, Facebook and Twitter and um, YouTube. Uh, just search for Rock Paper Shotgun. Uh, check out our new merch. Uh, finally, we do have new merch. I've been going on about it for a while. Uh, check out our sister podcast, uh, the PC Gaming Week Spot, uh, which is all about current affairs, and Ultimate Audio Bang, which is all about first-person shooters. Uh, join our Discord. Um, uh, rate us. Give us five stars. Tell all your friends. Uh, if you tweet about us or post about us anywhere, use the hashtags uh, Fat Blood, Big Oats, and Shergar's Heart Squad. I will not explain why. Um, but all your <laughs> PC gaming needs, just go to www.rockpapershotgun.com. Uh, and joining me this week and saying goodbye now uh, have been Matthew Castle. <laughs> goodbye. Uh, as old mother Hubbard and uh, <laughs> Nate Crowley. Is That's it? L. Ron Hub area. <laughs> <sighs> oh, thank you very much, everyone. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.